This episode is sponsored by the Accelerate Service 2016 Conference, taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada on October 24th and 25th. Accelerate Service promises to be an inspiring and thought-provoking event dedicated to five-star customer service. Accelerate Service 2016 is the place for you and your team to get the inspiration, tools, and strategies you need to drive your service forward. Learn more at Accelerate2016.com. That is E-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-E-2016.com. Welcome to episode 148 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my co-host and the call of customer service for my Game of Thrones fans, <laughs> Adam Toporek. Okay, which one was the call? Because I watch Game of Thrones, but you know I can't remember things mm-hmm. like that. So he who's was- that? He's the king of like the horse people. Oh, like the J- the big guy, Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah. So that's a compliment. That's You're cool. Welcome. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> bad. You know what? You need to grow your hair out and do some other things. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for the advice, Sylvie. <laughs> Is that what Sylvie would advise? <laughs> yes, I think so. It's all about first impressions. <laughs> so, Judy, I think we are at episode one forty eight, and I think we've pretty much solved. Every problem and challenge there is in customer service, and I think that customer service is essentially perfect now and that we can just call it a day. What do you think? So you're ready to drop the mic. What say (laughs) you? Are we done yet? Uh, You know, as much as I'd like to think we are done, we are not done, Adam. There is never enough that we can say to get everybody on board the customer service train. (laughs) Exactly. And today we have a guest who has been plugging along with us trying to win over hearts and minds, transform organizations, all of that stuff. Randy Bussey. That's right. Not related to Gary Busey. Not at all. <laughs> Hashtag point break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Randy is uh, you know, one of these people who works with all sorts of different organizations to really help their people understand and and change how they think about things, not just the way that they do things, but really the why and the how as well. So lots of good stuff in this episode about what it means to define customer service in your organization and how to really get your people on board. Very cool. All right. Well, you know what? I like to. She has a really cool story. I love when guests have a great story. Yeah, she does. She does. It's a fun one. All right, cool. So let's hear about Randy. Randy Bussey is the founder and president of Workforce Development Group, Inc., a coaching and training organization that specializes in improving the customer experience, increasing customer retention, and maximizing revenue. We love to maximize that revenue, don't we, Jeannie? (laughs) Who doesn't? Yeah. (laughs) Randy challenges business leaders and employees to think in innovative ways when it comes to taking care of their customers. She is regularly called upon by the media to share her expertise, and she has been published in Newsday, The Long Island Business News, and several trade publications. She has also appeared on television and radio most recently on Fios TV, that is F-I-O-S. She is also the co-author of Turning Rants into Raves, Turn Your Customers On Before They Turn On You. Don't want that to happen. Mm-mm. And Rants into Raves is actually written for CEOs, business owners, and managers that want to improve the experience they are providing to their customers. So here to help us connect the customer experience dots is Randy Bussey. Randy, how are you today? I am awesome, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. 
We're thrilled you're here with us, Randy. So thanks for being here. My pleasure, Jeannie. Well, we have similar interests, all three of us, because we care a lot about customer service and all of these good things. And one of the things that comes up a lot, and I'm sure you have seen this too, so I'm just curious on your take on this, because people talk a lot about satisfaction, and they also talk about loyalty when it comes to retaining customers and all all the things that we want to do. So I'm curious about your kind of definition on this. How do you differentiate satisfaction from loyalty? Okay, well, that's a great question, and it comes up a lot in the presentations that I do, because customers, you know, we think, or some business people think that customers are looking for satisfaction. And as far as I'm concerned, Jeannie, satisfaction is actually temporary. Satisfaction is, yeah, you know, I got what I thought I was going to get. It was an okay experience. That's not going to make me loyal to a company. What's Mm -hmm. going to make me loyal is when you not only meet my expectations, but you actually exceed them. Absolutely. So how do you find that consistency fits into that? It's so funny uh, you just said that because I just got through writing a blog post about you know, whether you need to meet or whether you need to exceed. And you know, I think exceeding is really important. How do you feel consistency fits into that model? Well, without consistency, it, it doesn't matter. You know, The thing is that if you are really good one time, you're setting the expectations. I expect this going forward. And so if you're not exceeding the next time, it's just as it's almost like you didn't exceed the first time. You know, we have a very short term memory when it comes to customer service experiences. And I like to say you're only as good as your last at bat. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's not consistently good, I'm probably going to look elsewhere for the product or service that you offer. Well, you were starting to tell us a story kind of about some some situation when they did not exceed your expectations because they (laughs) confused you a little bit. And I'm wondering, can you share that with our listeners? I can. Well, you know, growing up with a name like Randy, which is spelled R-A-N-D-I, which in my book is the female version of that Mm -hmm. name. Although I've often, when people will call me and my phone will ring and I'll say hello and they'll say, can I speak with Mr. Bussy? I know that it's a solicitor because (laughs) there is no Mr. Bussy, number one. Uh, There's only only a Miss Bussy. Um, And so oftentimes people are expecting a male. Mm. And it didn't go very well most recently. I was speaking at uh, a presentation on Friday in Boston. And the group that brought me in provided me with airport transfers. So when I got to the airport, you know, it's always nice when you walk out of the terminal and you see somebody holding a sign with your name on it. So it says, Bussy. And so I happened to be late because my plane was delayed and time was of the essence. And so as I'm walking to the gentleman holding the sign, I start pointing to myself like, you know, that's me. And so I walk over to him and um, the car door was open. So I went and I put one of my carry bags into the car and he said to me, you know, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm Randy Bussey. And he said, well, I was expecting a man. And I, <laughs> I said, Surprise! Well, so, I said you could be expecting a man all you want. I said, but you know, this is me. And he further went on to kind of grill me a little bit in terms of where I was going 
because he didn't believe that I was really Randy Bussy. Oh my gosh. And so not trusting your customers is probably not the way to get loyal customers. <laughs> so, you know, yes. interestingly enough on the ride over, you know, he was asking me why I was here and I said, "Oh, I'm delivering a presentation." And he said, "About what?" And I said, "Customer service." And he kind of stopped talking the rest of the trip. <laughs> so I think he learned a customer service lesson that he didn't really expect, uh, but obviously needed. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he's like pulling out the retinal scan for you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I get that sometimes people might scam somebody. But, you know, I'm telling you I'm Randy Bussy. I'm telling you I'm in a hurry. I'm putting my stuff in the car, and you're, like, asking me for my ATM PIN number, you know? <laughs> and who are these people who would jump into a car to go someplace they don't know? <laughs> well, but you, but you want to know something, Jeannie? He tells me that that's actually a common practice where people try to scam rides in a limo, and they just act like they're in a hurry, like, oh, hurry up, let me get in the car. And then they'll get a ride somewhere and then they'll they'll say, oh, let me let me go get my money from inside the hotel or inside the business. And then they'll, you know, skip out on paying the bill. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So. Yeah. So this is actually an interesting point. I like to segue here because it wasn't necessarily that he challenged you at all. It's that he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to, I mean, there's a way, because, you know, there's some things you have to do in different business models where you have to verify identity. And there's a way to do it, right? There's a training to it. There's a communication to it. There's a skill to it. And he didn't have that. Yes, that is that is true. And, you know, talking about verifying identity, I had to call my mortgage company earlier today and forget how many numbers I had to press to get to the right department. There was, there was a submenu from the submenu for the submenu. Literally, it took me like two minutes just to get to a person. And then, so, you know, it's my dime, so to speak. I'm calling her and she must have asked me nine questions that I had to identify who I was before she would even let me open my mouth. Uh. And, you know, and I said, you know, more questions like really? And she's like, oh, well, that was the last one. I'm like, I'm like, seriously, you're not making it easy for me to do business with you. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm sure we all talk about. If you don't make it easy for your customer to do business with you, they will find another company that will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and, the, sure. and the financial institutions have just gone. And I get there needs to be some of it. Obviously, it's a financial, it's sensitive, it's a mortgage, but they've just gone like over the cliff with it. It's just mm -hmm. the lawyers have taken over. There's no balance or perspective. And, you know, instead of three practical questions that almost, you know, would guarantee 99.999% of the time you are the right person, they have nine questions. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you don't give the exact complete answer, you know, they'll ask for your address. And if you say, you know, your street and city and state, they're like, well, what's the zip code? And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I know you feel my pain. Yes. We all, we all experience this, unfortunately. You should, have, sure. you should have messed with them. So let me Google that real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. <laughs> I, w I wouldn't. You wouldn't be. You won't yeah. be getting into the account. <laughs> yeah, I'll be getting dial tone, Adam. Exactly. <laughs> and I like how how you know the response was, "Oh, this is the last one. Like it's your lucky day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only nine. I know, and I, I forgot what I was calling about by the time I got through the uh, oh Spanish Inquisition. You know. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, this is a good time to sort of shift to culture. I like because a lot of what we're talking about is 
you know, policies and procedures and things you have to do, but there's a way to do it well, and there's a way for people who are customer-centric to make the process as painless as possible. And then I know you talk about a culture of customer experience ownership. So talk about some of the ways you, know, you can help people, help organizations instill that. Sure. That's a great question. And, you know, your culture exists, whether you know it or not, whether you know what it is or not, you can try and influence it. uh, But it really takes on a life of its own. And before I answer the question about culture, Adam, you, you talked about two words that start with P policies and procedures. And I don't know if you noticed this, but when companies or employees are talking about policies and procedures, they're almost spitting at you. They're like, it's our policy. And (laughs) they're so emphatic about it. It's almost like, you know, well, you know, we can't do it and it's our policy. And they're almost like happy to rub it in their, in your face that it's not possible. And, you know, while I understand that there have to be principles that you go by, in your organization. When you think about policies that are typically um, put in place, it's because some person did something that negatively affected a company and the company made a decision and they said, that's it. We're not going to accept check payments anymore. Some person wrote a bad check once and now we're going to penalize the world and we're not going to accept checks from people. I mean, I know I'm dating myself because you know, half the people listening to this podcast probably don't write checks. But years ago, you went to a grocery store and to pay for your groceries, you wrote out a check. And, you know, nowadays it's a little bit different. But think about all of the customers that got hurt because a supermarket decided we're not taking checks anymore because one bad customer stiffed us for the check. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when companies put policies into place, are they, are they for the purpose of benefiting the customer or the company? And so I, I caution or, you know, I coach companies to really look at those policies and see how they could be negatively impacting customers. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So we need I'll get to off, do more of that. I'll get off my policy soapbox, but uh, <laughs> it does, it rubs me the wrong way, you know. Yeah. But so getting, getting to culture You know, I'm a big fan of employees who think and act like owners of the business. And so you don't have to be the owner to be thinking and acting like an owner. And an owner is somebody who cares whether the customer becomes a customer, stays a customer, has a good experience or not, because they realize what the implications of a bad experience are to the company and to them as an individual who is representing the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to give shares of stock to your employees to get them to think and act like owners of the business. You don't have to put their name outside the building. But what you do have to do is you have to treat your employees as if they were your most important customers. Yeah, we, we talk about that, about... Uh why, why that's so important. I'm curious about, you know, what are some of the best ways to do that? How can you help people really feel like owners when they are employees? Sure. Well, I think it starts with, uh, you know, the hiring process and, you know, talking about that even before you bring an employee on board, 
you know, here's how we operate here. This is our principles. This is uh, our mission. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that when we hire employees, we get so focused on uh, what their resume looks like and do they have the prerequisite X number of years experience doing a job or in customer service that they overlook the fact that who they are as an individual and what their values are and what their mindset is, is, in my opinion, more important than any experience that they've had. Just because you've been doing something for X number of years, number one, doesn't mean you've been doing it well. Um, and I can teach you how to do something, but I can't teach you how to care or how to be empathetic. I can coach you to be better at it, but if it's not you know, ingrained in you, it's going to be really hard to you know, get that across in your dealings with customers. I like that because you've got to differentiate between the two. Tell us one of the like most successful customer experience transformations you've witnessed, because that's really what you're talking about. You're talking about transforming mentality and you know culture and all of these things. So tell us, just give us a good example, one of the most profound ones you've seen. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I spend so much time on that piece of it in my programs, Adam, because I could come in and deliver a great customer service training program. But if the people in the room that are listening are not engaged and committed and thinking and acting like owners of the business, it's going to be a waste of time and a wasted investment on behalf of the company. And so I do a lot of exercises with employees, helping them for that light bulb moment where they're like, oh my God, number one, I never thought that my coworkers were internal customers. And number two, I never realized the impact that everything I do or don't do has on the external customer as well as the company as a whole. And it's really very eye-opening. Um, that's not something that we teach in school. And unfortunately, we don't onboard employees in many cases properly to ensure that employees are thinking and acting like owners of the business. Well, I hope everybody listening really takes this to heart and and goes forth and changes mindsets and all of those things. Cause I totally agree. That's, that's where the magic happens and that's how we make service and customer experience just better for everybody, the employees and the customers who they're serving as well. So this was great, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. We, My pleasure. And if people wanted to find you and follow up and connect, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So they can visit my website. Uh, it's work dev D E V group.com and I'm also on Twitter at Randy with an I last name <laughs> last name Bussy B-U-S-S like Sam E great well we will definitely put that in the show notes as well so everybody can find you that way as well but thank you so much for being here my pleasure thanks for having me on to talk about our favorite topic customer service <laughs> uh, yes thank you Randy we appreciate it <laughs> sure we hope you enjoyed episode 148 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to our sponsor, the Accelerate Service 2016 Conference. It's taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bingo! On October <laughs> 24th and 25th. To learn more about this fantastic customer service conference, go to Accelerate2016.com. That is Accelerate 2016 with two L's. 
You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And we love your reviews and ratings so much on iTunes. In fact, one of the most recent ones from a loyal listener said this, quote, I was happily enthralled from the beginning of the podcast by Adam and Jeannie because of their friendly, warm, and professional exchange. Adam, I'm not sure if this person actually listens to us. <laughs> Hashtag real reviews. <laughs> but we appreciate it nonetheless. So please keep those coming in. We really do appreciate it. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and our online training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.